0: Hey guys, welcome to Home Church Scotland, I'm Pastor Dave and welcome to our weekly podcast. Guys, if you're encouraged by what you hear today, why not check out our social medias, just search for Home Church Scotland or why not subscribe to our YouTube channel where all of our services are live and in full for you to enjoy at your listening pleasure. Morning Church, Morning. how you all doing? Good. You excited this morning about what you're going to hear from the Word of God? Aha, yeah. uh-huh. good, good. Um, you know, part of what I'm going to say this morning is my testimony of how God healed me some 32 years ago. And uh, as you listen this morning, you might think, well, you know what? I'd like, to, I'd like to read that again. Well, you can because copies of my book are in the foyer. As Pastor Dave said, bring your book along, see if anybody wants a copy. It's just 9 I forgot the one-pence pieces to give you change, so you'll have to, I'll have to owe you. Or you can just donate that, and it will go into the offering, okay? Um, just go to the welcome desk after the service if you'd like a copy, and um, I'm sure they'll be able to relieve you of your money there. But really enjoy the book. It's really just a book of testimony of what God has done. Uh, there's lots of healings, miracles. There's God's amazing provision and protection. Also, personal stories or uh, stories of friends of mine who have just uh, given a testimony to me and have permission to write it down. I know it's going to encourage you. So, if you're able to get a copy, that would be absolutely brilliant. And then feedback to me what you think. Feedback to me what God has said to you as you read the book. So, those are available uh, after the service. Now, I've just Bev, if she would just come and bring the Bible reading this morning. Thank you.
1: Okay, we have two small, two small passages this morning. One from Jeremiah 18 and the first four verses. And the other is from Isaiah 64, verses 7 to 9. So first, Jeremiah 18, verses 1 to 4. This is the word that came to Jeremiah from the Lord. Go down to the potter's house, and there I'll give you my message. So I went down to the potter's house, and I saw him working at the wheel. But the pot he was shaping from the clay was marred in his hands. So the potter formed it into another pot, shaping it as it seemed best to him. And then flick over, or back to Isaiah 64 and verse 7. No one calls on your name or strives to lay hold of you, for you have hidden your face from us and have given us over to our sins. Yet you Lord are our father. We are the clay, you are the potter. We are all the work of your hand. Do not be angry beyond measure, Lord. Do not remember our sins forever. Oh look on us, we pray, for we are all your people. Amen. Amen.
0: Amen. So, guess what I'm speaking on this morning? Potter. Okay. Now I'm excited about this because um, you know, being a pastor for many years now, I could easily this morning have just redid another a sermon that I preached years ago, or you know, last year, or something like that. But the funny thing was that when we came here at the end of September last year, and we slipped in the back there, uh, hoping not to be seen or noticed, just wanted to uh, take part in the fellowship and just be blessed with the worship and the word. Um, as I sat there, and God does this, you know, it's really quite funny. He, he actually said, he said, Mike, because he knows me by name, funnily enough, he knows you by name as well. And he said, you're going to preach on the potter here at home church. And I thought, well, that's a bit strange because I didn't come for a, a, a ministry or I didn't come for a platform, but I just knew it was in my heart so... Now I'm going to share the word that God put on my heart so that some time ago. I know it's a word for someone here today. I know it's perhaps some who are watching online as well, they're going to need to know this this morning. So get excited, have your hearts open, get ready to receive from the word of God. Amen. Because he wants to speak to you today and he wants you to be encouraged today and he wants you to be challenged today as well. So let's just see what God has to say. Now A few years ago, Bev and I went to Tunisia. It's actually quite a few years ago, to be fair. And whilst we were there, we went around to some of the shops and we, we found this lovely fruit bowl, which had been locally made. And it was made out of pottery and a lovely lattice work and everything in it. And we thought, that would be great. We'll take that home and, you know, we can use that. And I thought to myself, well, I've seen how the baggage handlers, I hope there's none in here this morning, but how some of them handle the baggage in the airports. And I thought I'm not going to put it in the case, good chances are it's going to get broken and uh, I didn't want it to be broken and so I thought I'll carry it in a bag and we'll go through you know uh, check-in and through customs and we'll just make sure it's taken safely home and I remember walking through it's like it was yesterday it was so traumatic and I was walking through the airport going to the check-in desk and I had the bag there and I was looking for my passport and as I as I was doing all this it fell the bag fell onto the marble floor of the airport terminal and I heard it smash and Bev turned to me and said, it's all right, dear. It's just, a, it's just a piece of pottery or something like that. Not quite sure what she said, but probably wasn't that. And anyhow, it smashed into 26 pieces. And I know that because when I got back home, I got some glue and it was like a 3D jigsaw. I put every piece back together again and I glued it. And then we used it for years after. But you could still see the cracks that have been glued together. And I just want to say this morning that we get broken in life, don't we? Or is it just me? Life breaks us and we break into pieces sometimes. But when God takes the broken pieces, he doesn't glue us back together again. He doesn't put sticking plaster. He makes all things new. The old has gone, the new has come. Do you believe that this morning? Amen? The old is gone. And I think someone needs to hear that this morning, that the old has gone. So why don't you declare it with me? Are you going to say it with me? I'm going to say, the, the old is gone. Are you ready? The old has gone. Okay, I think we could say it with a bit more conviction. Okay, you ready? We're going to say that again. And let's declare it into into the atmosphere that what kept us in brokenness has now gone because God has created all things new. So the old has gone. Are you ready? The old has gone. Praise God. Amen. You know that I was saved at the age of eight. And it was listening to a missionary preach in my local church. And I responded to it wasn't really a call forward, because I just knew in my heart that I needed Jesus. And so I actually asked my mommy if I could leave the, the meeting and sit in the car because I wasn't feeling well, And as I sat in that car, and they were singing the, the very last hymn, "Pass me not, O gentle Savior, do not pass me by," the tears ran down my cheeks. I was eight years old, I knew I needed Jesus. And I received him into my heart and into my life. And it was an incredible, real moment of getting saved, being saved by a saviour who came to seek and save the lost. And I was lost. And so through my teenage years, I followed Jesus. I was strong in school and all those sort of things. And then it got to my 20s. Now, in my 20s, uh, I started a career in, in banking and finance, My brothers were both successful already in banking and finance. So I had an ambition that by the age of 30, I was going to be a millionaire. It didn't happen. (laughs) Still hasn't happened. Um, But that was my ambition. And so I started to pursue my career. I could see people climbing up the ladder of success and making huge amounts of money and having all sorts of possessions. And so I really took my focus of Jesus. And it often happens, doesn't it, in the busyness of life. We can make a decision, we can start to walk with Jesus, and then worries of this world, other things distract us. And so I started to really follow my career, and during my 20s, I kind of like went off the ball. In fact, you could say that the terminology is, I was backslidden. You know, I backslid from church, from my love of Christ, And I tried to get out of not going to church. Uh, And often that happens with us. Uh, Sadly, the enemy finds a way to distract us and discourage us. And so through the latter part of my 20s, I was still wanting to have success. But when I was 29, uh, in the January of 1991, I suddenly had a very serious bout of gastroenteritis. It lasted for about three weeks. And even though I got over it, I never really got over it. I always felt after that really tired, exhausted. And I remember getting up in the night on two or three occasions, feeling ill. And I didn't know what was wrong with me, but I felt really ill. And so I went to the bathroom and I was holding on to the the basin. And I remember my hands were shaking, my legs were shaking, my knees were knocking together. I thought, there's something wrong, but I don't know what it is. And then I carried on everything was okay and then we we went on holiday to France I think in the August and looking back at the photos I looked I looked thin I looked gaunt uh, I wasn't well and then in September it all went wrong uh, I I just got so exhausted I couldn't even get up out of bed to go to work and so I went to the doctors and they gave me every test you could possibly imagine. I went to hospital for 10 days and they, they put things in me, took things out of me, everything. And it was really quite unpleasant. And they said, there's nothing wrong with you. There's nothing wrong. And so at that time, I was trying with work to manage my time and my energy levels. And so I would go in the morning for a couple of hours. Then I'd come home and I'd go to bed and I'd sleep. And then I'd get up again, go back to work and do another couple of hours. And then I'd come home and I couldn't sleep because what I had, I didn't know at the time, was ME or post-viral fatigue. And it reverses your sleep pattern often. So you can't sleep at night, but you, were, you sleep all day. And the trouble was the energy levels. is I, you know Sometimes I felt I couldn't even breathe. I didn't have enough energy just to... Just to do that took all the effort. And I remember a combination of things. One, I had to crawl on my hands and knees down to the bathroom. To go to the bathroom, I couldn't stand up. My my legs were just like jelly. And then one night, at the the back end, I think, of 1991, um, I was in bed, and I thought, you know what? I just can't breathe anymore. I don't have the energy to breathe anymore. And I thought, this is it. I just turned 30 and this is it. I'm not going to be around in the morning. And I honestly thought that because I just didn't have the energy to breathe. I woke up the next morning, much to my relief, I was still alive. But then I had these total issues on a day-by-day basis to have the energy to, to, to live And Bev was trying to cope with two children and me for that whole period. Um, Then I was sent to Harley Street by my bank, by my employers, because they wanted to get a second opinion. And I went to Harley Street and talked to the doctor. And he said, yeah, you've got a classic case of ME. He said, some people recover, probably about 25% will recover from this eventually. He said 25% will probably be firing about 70, 75% of the energy levels. He didn't tell me about the other 50%. But I know people have been in wheelchairs all their lives with ME and some have passed away. So it was a serious situation and I didn't know what to do. So it got to the point when the early part then of 1992, one day I had enough energy to get up walked down our hallway and onto our patio. And as I stood outside, I just shouted at the top of my voice, God, if you heal me, I'll serve you the rest of my days. And I fell on my knees and I cried. And I cried until there was no more tears left. I didn't know what to do. I was completely broken. Broken. And then I got up Went back to work, did the usual two hours in the morning, two hours in the afternoon. Sometimes I couldn't do the afternoon. So I think it was two weeks later and I went to church, managed to get to church, sat at the back with Bev and our two young children and we had a visiting minister called Dennis Phillips. He was from Wales, a lovely, gentle man and at the end of the service he called people forward for prayer and I couldn't tell you what he spoke on. I haven't got a clue. But I knew I was desperate. And if God was going to heal me, then maybe it was now. So I went forward and I was holding on to the, the chairs of the roses going to the forward, to the front of the church because I, I was really weak. And this wonderful man just took my hands in his and he just prayed, In the name of Jesus, be healed. I just don't know what happened, but I I can describe to you what I thought happened. I felt myself kind of falling backwards as it seemed like the power of God was coming on me that morning. And someone was behind me, fortunately, and kind of laid me in the carpet. And then I just felt like waves of energy just flowing from my head to my feet, from my head to my feet. And I thought to myself, God is doing it. I'm being healed. I'm being healed. And after a while, I jumped up. I kind of almost ran to the back of the church. I said to my wife, I said, God's healed me. Now, remember, she's 18 months. She's been looking after me like one of the children. And she said, well, that's great. That's great. Well, the next morning I got up, went to work and worked a full day. The next day I worked overtime. After two weeks, I thought I would better go see the doctor because he's been looking after me or trying to for the last year or so. And I walked into his office and he looked up and he said, what's happened? Obviously, he's seen me before looking really ill. And I told him, I said, I went to a church service. I was prayed for. God has healed me. And he said to me, he said, well, he said, we hear about things like this from time to time that we can't explain. I'm really pleased for you. Mm -hmm. And uh, from that moment on, I I was never had another symptom of ME. I was completely, instantly, permanently healed in the name of Jesus. Amen. And so I had to keep my end of the deal with God, didn't I? If you heal me, I'll serve you the rest of my days. And out of that brokenness, I then surrendered fully to God's will. And then he took me through 10 years of training into the ministry, just being mentored by my pastor. And it was just amazing that God saw fit that even a backslider, someone who'd rejected Christ, was able to be fully restored and maybe you're here this morning and maybe you made a decision for Christ when you're younger or even recently and you've gone cold a little bit and you're not fully surrendered or maybe you're watching online and you're, doing, you're thinking the same thing. God wants you back. He wants you back because he has a plan for you, a purpose for you. He wants to bless you. He wants to bring you into the, the plan and purpose that he has for your life. And so this morning, can I encourage you? don't go through the brokenness. Come back to God now. Because even though he doesn't cause brokenness, he does use brokenness. And he uses that to show his love for us and to draw us back to himself. You see, he is the potter and he's working always with the clay. Now, maybe you've just become a Christian And you're thinking, well, that sounds quite amazing. That's amazing. You know, I believe in Jesus, but I didn't know he could do stuff like that. Well, he can. And we've seen that with Joe recently. And Joe's watching this morning and he loves the idea. We're talking about the potter. Um, So just understand, this is not about taking on religion. This is not about believing something that somebody's written many years ago and and we're just thinking, well, that's probably true. This is about the power of God today who can change and transform a life and can bring you into a, a life of abundance, a life of blessing, and you can not only have an eternity to look forward to, but you can also live your life to the full. Jesus said, I have come that they might have life and live it to the full. Amen. Amen. That's the intention. That's God's plan for you. So we're going to look this morning about how God the putter can shape us into the kind of people that can most enjoy the life that we're living to its fullness, but also live it for God. Okay. Is that all right? Okay, so we read about the potter. Some of you have probably uh, done some pottery and, and made some pots and such like, or seen it on the television. And there's a process. And when you become a Christian, that is just the beginning. Amen? It's just the beginning. Because you're not a finished article. God has some work to do in your life. Uh, to help you increase your faith and become the people that he wants you to to become. So like when you're you're making a pot, uh, then it's a process. Instantly, when you give your life to Christ, we know that you are saved. Amen. You're born again. We know the angels in heaven rejoice over that because it's an amazing thing. Do you ever think about that? The minute that you in this service or somewhere else and you said, yep, Jesus, I want you the angels have a party. Amen. Isn't that amazing? The angels in heaven rejoice, Jesus said. So all that is instant. We know that we're transferred from the domain of darkness into the kingdom of the sun. All of these things happen. And again, if you come in the new Christian course, we're going to look at all that exciting stuff. But it is a process. It's a journey now that you're now on. And God needs to shape you and mould you to make you a vessel that he can use for his glory. So let's have a look for a few moments just at this process. First point is this. The only way that the pot can be properly and beautifully moulded into shape is if the clay is fully malleable, surrendered to the potter's will. Are you fully surrendered to God's will this morning? It's only question that only you can answer. Are you fully surrendered? It's so hard, isn't it? We can sing the words, all to Jesus I surrender, all to him I freely give. I will ever love and trust him in his presence, daily live. We can sing those words and words like that, but it's much harder to actually do it, isn't it? We like to keep control. We like to keep some kind of management of our own lives and make our own decisions, But, you know, God wants us to surrender all this morning. Because it's only when we surrender to his will that he can properly shape us into that vessel that can be used for him. I think, uh, think about this. Can we trust God? Do you trust God? Is there any reason why we shouldn't trust God? So therefore, what are we holding back for? Think about this. He created you. We read about that in the Psalms. He formed you in your mother's womb. He made you. He has a plan for you. He drew you to His love through Christ. He has forgiven you. He has given you the opportunity to become, when you make that decision, a son or daughter of His. Your sons and daughters of the living God, the scripture tells you that. We have a place in heaven waiting for us. So everything that God has promised, all of his promises are yes and amen in Christ Jesus. He's never failed on any of his promises. So what are we holding back? Do we really think we could do a better job? Look at our lives, come on. How many mistakes have we made? How many mistakes have I made? How many times have we messed up? If we're fully surrendered to God's will this morning, he's got you, okay? And he will en- enable you to become a best version of yourself, if even better, because with the Holy Spirit, you can end up doing things you could never imagine you could do. So don't hold back. Don't hold back. Be fully surrendered to his will Ephesians 3, 20 says, Now to him who is able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all that we could ask or think, according to the power that works within us. Amen. So he's given us his Holy Spirit. And if we surrender to God's will today, then we can become something extraordinary for God. Amen. The second point is this, the clay can rest assured that it's held in the potter's hand. Have you thought about that? You are held in the hands of the creator of the universe. Are you feeling safe? Because you should be. You could never be safer than being held in the hands of the creator of all things. Jesus says in John 10, 28 to 30, I give them, that's you, eternal life and they shall never perish. No one will snatch them out of my hand. Amen. My father who has given them to me is greater than all. No one can snatch them out of my father's hand. I and the father are one. You are safe in the potter's hand this morning. So allow him. To do what he needs to do just surrender to him take comfort in the fact you're in his hands Isaiah 41 verse 1 God says to you this morning fear not I've redeemed you I've called you by name you're mine that's what the Lord is saying this morning you're mine you're mine You're nobody else's. You're mine. I've got you in my hand. And no one and nothing can snatch you away from my hands. Isn't that amazing? Isn't that wonderful? The third point is this. The potter has a plan for the clay. He knows in his mind what he plans to make. And of course, we all know Jeremiah 29, verse 11. For I know the plans I have for you declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, but to give you hope and a future. God has a plan for you this morning. I wonder what it is. I tell you, I didn't know in my late 20s that God had a plan. I thought I had the plan. But you know what? As soon as I surrendered to God's will, everything, I I didn't become a millionaire, but everything I wanted in banking and finance God gave me all in two years. He gave me promotions. He gave me a company car. He gave me so much. Uh, It was so much blessing. And it was the moment I surrendered to God's will that he thought, you know what? I'm going to bless you, Mike. If only you trusted in me before. If only you'd done that before. You'd have had this before. And it's not saying to come to God and you're going to be blessed with prosperity and all this I don't believe in all that okay but I do believe in God's blessing and if we surrender he will bless so he has a plan for the clay and in fact Ephesians 2 verse 10 says this we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works which God prepared beforehand so that we would walk in them God's prepared it Even before you were born, God had a plan for you. Now, there's one thing that can get in the way of God's plan. Free will. We can decide, can't we? Because somehow within us, there's always that decision, I can do better. But we have to understand that if we want to see God's plan for our lives come into fulfilment, then we have to let him do what he does. Let him do what he does best. And just surrender and allow his plan to be outworked in us. Psalm 139.16 says, All the days ordained for me were written in your book before one of them came to be. So God has already knows when you were born and when you're going to die. It's already in his book. But what happens in between is actually up to us. We exercise our free will. Can I recommend today, choose Christ, choose him now, choose to surrender God's will and just allow him to shape you and mould you into the person he wants you to be. The fourth point is this, the putter never makes mistakes, never makes mistakes. But sometimes through impurities in the clay, the vessel can be spoiled. And when we come to Christ, Sometimes we bring baggage with us, don't we? Things that have affected us in our past, the hurts, the heartaches. Perhaps we've been messing with the occult or tarot cards and all things like this. And and we bring baggage into our relationship with God and it doesn't work. It's an impurity. So we have to make sure that Holy Spirit is able to get rid of all the stuff. And boy, do we carry some stuff. Are you a hoarder? Have you, have you got much in your attics? <laughs> I know I had a lot in my attic, but I'm an eBayer. <laughs> I'm one of those people that gets boxes of things and sells them on eBay. And the reason why is because I don't want all that stuff. And we just tend to accumulate. And even in our past lives, we tend to bring into a relationship with God all this stuff. And God's saying, look, I want to get rid of that because it's not doing you any good. It's impeding your journey with Christ. I want to deal with it. And can I recommend, if you're identifying with any of this stuff this morning, okay, just get rid of it. Just ask the Holy Spirit to come and just cleanse you and clean you and get rid of all of the disappointments and do the forgiving that you need to forgive. It's good to forgive. If Jesus on the cross can say, forgive them, they know not what they do. You can forgive that person that hurt you or offended you or caused you grief. If Jesus can do it, you can do it. Galatians 5 verse 1. I love this verse. It is for freedom that Christ has set us free. And we need to live in that freedom a whole lot more. Okay. We need to live in that freedom because that freedom in Christ gives us such liberty and it gives us such a a vast opportunity to just live immensely for God and and his plan and his purposes and and live with joy, live with peace and, and live with all these things. It's for freedom that we've been set free. So let's not be yoked again with all that stuff. Let's leave it behind. The song says, my chains fell off. My heart was free. I'm alive to live for you. That's what we declare. Amazing love, how can it be? You gave everything for me, everything. And then finally, when the pot's been molded, it gets fired in the oven. Now, I don't know when you became a Christian, if people said to you, you know, when you follow Jesus, everything's going to be great and nothing's ever going to go wrong and and you're going to be happy every day. We used to sing songs when I was young about being happy in Jesus and all that. And it's true, but we still go through the stuff. We still have sickness. We still have tragedy that happens. The difference is that we got Jesus with us. Amen. And he is the one who is our firm foundation. He's the one who sticks closer than a brother. He is the one who stands with us when we are weeping uh, next to a grave or, or wherever it is where we are facing life's difficulties. We go through furnaces. We go through the fire, but it actually through the fire and through the furnace, that's when we are tested in our faith. That's when we become strong. And when we come out, we are a vessel that can be used effectively for God. Everything you've been through, you can use to glorify God. You can help others. You can give counsel. You can pray effectively. You can be empathetic towards them. Everything you go through, God can use. Jesus said in John 16, verse 33, in this world you will have no trouble. Did he say that? He said, in this world you will have trouble, but take heart because I have overcome the world. In other words, stick with Jesus in the times of trouble and be an overcomer. Amen? We're overcomers, we are victorious. We are more than conquerors in and through Christ Jesus. Even in the depths, even in the, in the middle of the valley of the, the shadow of death, we can still declare, you know what, he's got this and he's got me. Maybe you're going through something right now and you're thinking, wow, this is a time of testing. This is a real time. And I don't know if I can even cope with this. Maybe it's through sickness. Maybe it's through sorrow. Whatever it is whether you're here in the building, whether you're watching online, I want to tell you, God's got this. and You just need to trust him that through the furnace, through the fire, you're going to come out stronger. And as you come out stronger, God can use you because God can't use a pot of clay that hasn't been fired in the furnace. It'll just, just, you know, it'll go to pieces. But you try breaking a pot, you know, that's been fired with the exception of that. Fruit bowl. God says in Isaiah 43, and I do believe that this is a word for someone here this morning Isaiah 43, verse 1 and 2 Do not fear, for I have redeemed you. I've summoned you by name. You are mine. When you pass through the waters, I will be with you. When you pass through the rivers, they will not sweep over you. When you walk through the fire, you will not be burned. The flames will not set you ablaze. It's the promise of God if you trust him. In 1 Peter 4 verse 12, we're told this. And it's, the Bible's so honest, isn't it? I love the honesty in the scriptures. It's so honest. Dear friends, do not be surprised at the fiery ordeal that has come on you to test you as though something strange was happening to you. But rejoice inasmuch as you participate in the sufferings of Christ, so that you may be overjoyed when his glory is revealed. Don't be surprised if you're going through times that are tough. And I know many of you are. You know, we're, as a family, as you know, We're still dealing with the fact that our granddaughter's going through chemo for a whole year still. Uh, She came out of hospital last Friday. Is it Friday? Because she had a temperature spike again, and this is what happens. But even in the midst of this, nobody wants to see a grandchild go through chemotherapy. And it's her twice, it's her second lotus. chemo now. But even when we go through this, we've got a choice. We either despair or we trust God. I'd rather trust God. about six years ago, Bev had cancer. And we went through a whole, almost a whole year of the chemo, surgery, radiotherapy. And you know what? I never saw once Did Bev ever say anything negative about what she was going through? Never did she blame God. In fact, I think she only missed church, what, four times in the whole year. And the thing is, you've got that choice, haven't you? If you're going through the trial, can I encourage you, just keep on going and trusting, and believing. Because when you're through it, you will be stronger. And God can use you uh, in your strength and and to encourage others going through similar things. I want to sort of bring this to land a little bit. Maybe I could ask the band just to to come up um, and just maybe play something quietly as we think about these things. It's a very simple message. But I think maybe it's touched a heart or two. And I want to put a challenge out first of all. To anyone here who's not yet a Christian, can I encourage you? God's real. Jesus is alive. And he changes lives. And whatever you're going through, coming to faith in Christ is the best decision you'll ever make in a whole life. It was the best decision I made. I wished I'd never backslidden But it happens, but God's love was so great, he drew me back. And so this morning, if you don't yet know Christ, have not yet received Christ, I want to give you an opportunity to do that. So maybe we could just pray for a moment, and I'm just going to pray a prayer in a moment or two. If you don't yet know Jesus, maybe you're watching online, maybe you're in the building, I'm going to say a prayer. And as I say this prayer, maybe you could say it after me in your heart, quietly. You don't have to say it aloud. But if you say it sincerely, this is the moment that you find Christ. As you say it and mean it, your life will change from this moment that you'll know what it means to be forgiven of your sins. So maybe if you'd like to say this quietly after me. Heavenly Father, I thank you for Jesus who died on a cross for my sin. I ask you now, forgive me and fill me with your Holy Spirit. Make me a new creation in Christ Jesus. Amen. You said that this morning. Would you come and talk to me after the service? I'd love to help you with that. And uh, I could just be praying for you. And I'd invite you, obviously, to the new Christian course on Wednesday night. Maybe there's some people here and you've gone a bit cold, a bit lukewarm, backslidden. You're not where you used to be in God. And you know that if it's you. Again, I just want to pray for you. So maybe, again, just bow our heads and I'm just going to pray a prayer and you can pray this after me as well as you ask God to renew or relight that fire in your heart. Just say this after me. Say, Heavenly Father, I'm sorry that I'm backslidden. I'm not where I should be. Please forgive me. I today that I'm going back into that Father's hand where you can be moulding me into the person you want me to be in Jesus' name. Amen. Again, if you said that prayer, why don't you have a chat with me after? Again, I'd be happy to help you. And there's just one final prayer really and I know people are going through times of trial right now and so... I want to pray for you I'm not going to call you to the front although you can come afterwards if you'd like prayer but just for now if you're going through a time of trial and perhaps people just keep their eyes closed just for a moment because I want this to be a very personal thing would you just indicate to me say pastor I'm going through a terrible trial I just need prayer right now I just want to know God's hand yeah okay there's a few hands anybody else want prayer this morning? Father I just pray for each and every person both here in the building and watching online if they're going through great trials that they would put their trust in you to know that you are with them to know that you will bring them through this trial stronger would you be with them now maybe in their homes maybe in the hospital beds wherever it is maybe just here and would you stand with them and assure them that you will never leave them nor forsake them That you've got it, you've got them and they can trust you. Lord, you bless them in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for listening to the Home Church Scotland podcast. If you have any questions about what you heard today, feel free to get in touch with me. My email is dave at homechurch.scot.com.